0: about pop culture with your host, Matt. Me! Back once again, today we're popping off about WandaVision. One of the benefits of being a gelatinous, slug-like creature with no motivation means that when you postpone your podcast two days, you accidentally benefit from random articles about the thing you want to talk about. And it looks like you did it on purpose. It's Kismet. It was Destiny. Destiny today provided me with a couple videos and yet another interview with the creator of the show. Thankfully, that allowed me to gain some additional context to things that uh, more or less explained some of the issues I had with the show that I'll get into in a little bit. I want to give a shout-out to a couple buddies first. One of them told me succinctly, Put out more shit. Stop sweating small stuff. Just get shit out. People would rather have more shit because more shit is more stuff. Everybody loves more stuff. He talked to me like a four-year-old, and I truly believe I needed to hear it. (laughs) It's the only way he could have communicated it to me. Now, rest assured, uh, he talked to me far more eloquently like that. I guarantee you he used a couple $5 words, but he ain't wrong. And as a result, in combination with the second conversation I had, I was going to make this a Mandalorian-WandaVision combo. Shit on Disney for a bit. But now, we're going to shit on Disney in another one. And we're going to ride on that Mando train. I'm going to watch some more TV. And we're going to get all up in that. But until that point, we got ourselves some WandaVision to dig through. So let's just get right into it. I want to talk to you as a preface... About expectation. Because I think. Expectation. And oddly enough. Fan theorizing to some extent. Fucked this show. In the ass. For me. Completely unrelated to it's production. And it's actual production to some extent. Which is wild. This is why I feel like. It was destiny that this interview fell into my lap two days after I should have recorded this fucking thing, because I'm so informed now, and I shall try to impart that. For history's sake, I have watched every single Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, from Iron Man to Endgame. Actually, I guess the last one would have been Spider-Man Far From Home. But you know what I'm talking about. Every last one they ever fucking released until the old pandemic hit. And the pandemic dropped a bomb on every production across the world forever. And I guess my buddy talked to Disney because they decided that, you know, we got all this stuff. We should just give people more stuff. More stuff is literally every week from uh, the middle of June all the way until December. Q4 is going to be a nightmare I hope to God I'm vaccinated by then because none of this stuff is going to be released on Disney Plus in December. They're just going to be like, fuck it. It's theater time. Hold that. But my expectations for this show were mildly foolish in retrospect. As someone who has seen all the movies, we all know how the movies play. They take very little risks in terms of their formula. Every single time they release a new character, it is the same movie. However... It is a successful formula and it's often just fun enough where you forgive it. But I thought with them switching to TV, they could tell smaller stories with more character development, with more room to breathe. They could do like you could figure things out like Tony fucking Stark broke up with got back together with Pepper Potts off screen in between Civil War and the first Spider-Man movie. You you had no fucking idea. Gwyneth Paltrow, like, cans him at the beginning of Civil War, and we're supposed to be sad about it, because you like Tony, but you don't know why, because chronologically, you saw Iron Man 3 blew up all his fucking suits for the chick. He gave up, quote-unquote, being a hero, but I guess he couldn't let it go, which is weird, because you don't see him do that either. You don't see him choose to fuck it all up again. So with the TV stuff, I was like, alright, cool. Maybe we get an opportunity here where the stuff that we don't see actually gets looked at and looked at in a more long-form kind of way, right? Because the Falcon and the and the Winter Soldier are six one-hour episodes. And WandaVision was 9.22, maybe more in some instances, 37-minute, 40-minute, I think, for the finale. It was close to that. Episodes, right? We're supposed to have 10. And the pandemic gave them a bit of a beating, as we'll get into later. However, TV shows get to do rad shit, especially with cool characters, and they picked two pretty cool characters. Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen's chemistry is fucking magnetic. They're so much fun. It's wild to me that Paul Bettany was on the edge of career bankruptcy, and that all of a sudden gets a phone call from Joss Whedon. The only thing that Whedon probably ever did that wasn't horrific is probably because Paul Bettany is a man. But he's like, hey, we're going to make Jarvis Vision. You want in? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, okay. And that's immediately after being told that he's blackballed and he's garbage. Have you watched Paul Bettany before A Beautiful Mind? You knew what the fuck Paul Bettany was capable of. My God. Beautiful Mind, Gangster No. 1, A Knight's Tale. Watch, Watch him. Three radically different movies. But believe me, this guy can Lift. And then he decided to do a whole bunch of garbage. I don't know whose fault that is. If it's his. If it's his agent's. Whosever fault it is. They need to be drawn and quartered. Like his agent should just not be an agent. <laughs> go, go give some fucking straight to DVD actor. This guy got nominated for an Oscar. And you're like okay now play this weird angel guy. That's like fighting the biblical apocalypse. The fuck? <laughs> what are you doing? Right, And Elizabeth Olsen is, you know, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen's sister. I didn't even know this woman existed. And then she showed up, and uh, everything that I've seen her in, she's great. Now, has she been in some garbage? Sure. Like, who wants to admit they saw the old boy movie? I mean, I guess I just did, but, that man, that remake was not good. But, I mean, I love Josh Brolin, and I love Elizabeth Olsen... So I gave it a go. I mean, yeah, she's in you know Wind River. I waved the flag for that movie. Taylor Sheridan joint. It's fucking banging. She's great in it too. Chet Jeremy Renner's in that movie too, which I like. You know you ever get a uh, prime example, prime example. Elizabeth Olsen and uh, Aaron Taylor-Johnson. I think that's his last name. Anyways, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch from Age of Ultron. They're also in Godzilla but they're fucking. So it's weird. But, you know, you add, it's it's the same characters with the same chemistry, but on a different flair, right? The, the, the actors know what's the same characters. I should rephrase that. Same actors. Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are not in 2014's Godzilla. But the same actors, they have fun working with each other, and they can work that energy. And they do. And that movie's fun for it. On top of the fact that, you know, that movie's just fun. King of the Monsters is not Godzilla vs. Kong rock socks. And Skull Island's good, too. So, I mean, when your movies are 75% good fucking times, you're in there. You're doing well. But anyways, I will watch whatever the fuck these two do. And, of course, when you put them on screen and you just let them vibe off each other, that's a relationship that's fun. You know? Weird as fuck that you've got them going from, like, disgruntled child and the clueless babysitter to we gon' fuck now... But thanks, Endgame and Infinity War, I guess, for that. <laughs> but uh, give these guys ten episodes and let them go. I'm pumped. Also, if you're here, you should already know, but just in case someone stumbles into this ass backwards, I don't know why you'd be watching the WandaVision show before actually watching the at least Infinity War. Spoilers for that movie, I don't want to get beat up by some fucking pedantic cunt on Twitter. Vision dies horribly. <laughs> and it's before they ask... Or after, rather, they ask Scarlet Witch to kill him. Anyway, she'll kill the person you're deeply in love with to save the universe. And she does it. And she's, like, one-handed telling Thanos to go fuck himself. And then he just walks through her with, like, four infinity stones. Maybe is at five at that point in time? Shit. Five, yeah, five stones. And then he goes... And uh, rewinds time and fucking kills the dude, man. Just hollows his skull out like a fucking melon. Wild. So, you know, I'm here for WandaVision because I am looking forward to a 10-9 episode examination of grief. And what grief does to people. The person who's suffering and the people around them. And I got maybe 15 minutes of that in 9 episodes of television. And that's where I'm really, really unhappy about (laughs) That's where I'm tilted. Because I was desperately hoping for this show to do something that no other MCU show or movie had done up until that point and it was to actually address the topics that they use as set dressing and that's a problem that disney has with every single fucking ip they own anytime they choose to do something mildly challenging it's set dressing and they provide easy answers or no answers at all because it's not fucking important i'll give you an example Winter Soldier, Captain America 2. Cap is conflicted with S.H.I.E.L.D.'s choice to create helicarriers that can scan enemies from space and kill them before they breathe. It's some Minority Report shit. They're like, you know, this guy's on a list, so we should just shoot him in the face from across the country. It's a challenge for Cap because, you know, he's waving the fucking flag. He's literally draped in it and he believes in the government and he believes in doing the right thing. And it turns out that the guys that he's working for, who he thought were the good people, weren't. And that's a real challenging concept for a movie to say that, you know, the people that you trust to protect you aren't necessarily there to protect you. They'll shoot you in the face from across the fucking country. And we see that on the regular as of late. Except in Winter Soldier, they straight pussy out. And it wasn't S.H.I.E.L.D. And it wasn't the government. It was Hydra all along. Oh, don't worry about it. The, the question you had about the moral decision. All that's, yeah, it's clear cut. They're Nazis. So smoke the Nazis. And then the good guys face the bad guys, and then the good guys win, and the Nazis lose. Part of that is because uh, the MCU takes money from the U.S. military, and lo and behold, uh, the U.S. military doesn't like looking bad in movies they fucking pay for. And Winter Soldier was one of those movies. If you're uh, surprised, don't be. They actually wouldn't pay a single cent for the first Avengers movie, Because the secret cool military guys just decide to nuke New York. (laughs) And the military probably wasn't the U.S. Army and the Air Force were not fucking down. I mean, it's all up in Captain Marvel, right? Captain Marvel's practically. And it was a thing that was going on on Twitter, so I hesitate to use the the comment seriously. But it's mild propaganda in uh, a lot of these films, right? Captain America 1 and 2, Captain Marvel, I believe Avengers 2 as well. Took money. There's one more movie I'm certainly forgetting about. Not Hulk, oddly enough, because the military is... They look like shit in that movie. That's probably the only good thing that comes out of that movie. In any case, this show is trapped in its own web of the same old shit. So for the first three episodes, we actually got on track. Holy shit. For the first three episodes, I'm mildly intrigued, okay? uh we've got the the sitcom stuff as homages which is very good. It's very like it's accurate as fuck down to the consistent laugh track. Now I have, you know, personal traumas with laugh tracks because there was a period where I watched nothing but sitcoms, you know, modern day stuff for well modern day for when I was a kid. Friends, things like that. Big Bang Theory, I think absolutely ruined it. Now I didn't watch Big Bang Theory, you know by choice, I watched Big Bang Theory because it was on in the room. Because my mom has an illness, and she will leave something on TV and not pay attention to it. And I'm I'm firmly convinced that that's how that show got 16 seasons, because it's so shit. There's no way people actually like it. It got a fucking spinoff. How did that happen? I don't understand. <laughs> but man, it was the laugh track. Just, like, abused. They beat that shit like a red-headed stepchild. And so I got issues with the laugh track stuff in WandaVision. But uh, all the attentions to detail, the different eras, the Dick Van Dyke stuff, the, the Bewitched. Perfect, right? And once again, electric fucking chemistry between the two leads. Paul Bettany and Liz Olsen are dunking this shit on the regular. And then they add the weird, creepy shit. They add the, the, the fourth wall breaks. And they add... People, like, fritzing out and stuttering in place. And you're like, okay, I can get behind this. I didn't really, like, hook me, hook me. But I was interested to see where it would go. And then the fourth episode kicked in. And that's when the show immediately turns to shit. Okay? So, fourth episode, outside the really cool scene in the hospital to open it with Monica Rambeau, who, by the way, banging, super great character. She uh, is, wakes up in the hospital because she got, you know, uh, snapped and everybody who got turned to ash gets turned back into people. That scene's fucking cool. And then the fourth episode is nothing but an exposition dump. And not only is it an exposition dump, but they set up characters who then turn into mobile exposition dumps and it gets very fucking frustrating. So they bring back Darcy and they bring back Jimmy Woo from Thor 1 and 2 and Ant-Man, respectively. Ant-Man 2, I should say. Ant-Man and the Wasp. But you got Darcy watching the show and she's taking notes and she's narrating and shit. And then they just explain everything to you. The first three episodes, they explain it all. They they explain who's in, in, in the hex. And they're calling it a hex because LOLOL, it's a hexagon shape. But hexes are what Scarlet Witch does. So it's a little nod. Fuck off. Okay, uh, sure. And they're going over it like excruciating. And they introduce the worst character ever in fucking Hayward. Hayward is the manager of S.W.O.R.D who is supposed to be Monica's job. Monica's supposed to have gotten that job, but she turned to Ash for five years, so she didn't get shit. So this guy got promoted into that position, and he is the single worst fucking character on this whole show. He is so useless, absolutely irrelevant. He is not only shit in every way, shape, and form, right? Uh, uh, I watch a lot of wrestling. There's good heat and there's bad heat. And Hayward is bad heat personified. He's a shit heel. He's also in the category of my least favorite antagonists that I've bitched about on this podcast a million times. I fucking hate paperwork bad guys. Well, you know, it's my job, so I'm just I'm just gonna do my job. Fuck you, bro! Paperwork bad guys are truly annoying. In shows where the rules are the law, right? Like, uh, there's a... I bring it up. It's usually my favorite example for this stuff. So I'm going to be a little redundant. But in House, one of the seasons of House MD had uh, Phil Morris be a cop that House pissed off. And then for the whole season, Phil is in House's ass. Trying to get him disbarred, uh, at least, and at the most, thrown in fucking jail for, like, basically peddling drugs and shit. Because he was disrespected. And, like, practically, I get it. Pissing off a motivated cop sounds like a really shitty thing to do. As we've seen many times before. (laughs) But, my God, is, like, I don't, I don't care, dude. From a television perspective, you are Fucking aggravating. And it's like you're just just jamming a dude up. But the thing is the character in question is just so smart that he's going to weasel out of it. Like he's not going to jail. You're not going to get him on drugs. You're not. we're, We're making a hero out of Gregory House. He's a gigantic piece of shit. But he's the hero. So you lose Officer Phil Morris. You get punked. Now to be fair... He loses because his friends, Greg's friends, I should say, lie on the stand and perjure, perjure themselves. But that's neither here nor there. Paperwork bad guys and superhero shows are so dumb. Are so dumb. Because, like, real fucking talk, what are you going to do? I am like, the, the Sokovia Accords at least was a plot device that allowed for the ideological... Issues that already existed between Cap and Iron Man to divide them. And then, of course, my good friend, Baron fucking Zemo, showed up with receipts and just went, well, I mean, you guys are shitty people, so maybe you should uh, check yourselves before you wreck yourselves. And wrecked themselves? They did. So, this fucking cocksucker Hayward exists and I'm supposed to go, oh, he's the bad guy. You know who the fucking bad guy of WandaVision is supposed to be? Wanda! Wanda's supposed to be the fucking bad guy. I mean, they say horrible shit. So look, we wind this back, okay? At the end of the third episode, Monica Rambeau gets punted out of the sitcom world. And she says, quote unquote, in her debrief, the mind control was excruciating and a violation yeah why do i need hayward and later on agatha harkness if wanda is torturing and violating like 50 people in town why 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 so, they regurgitate a bunch of exposition on my ass. They introduce this shittiest fucking villain. Now, I need to make this point very fucking clear. Hayward is showing a video to Monica. And he's like, look, this is, this is why you need to go down there and solve this shit. Because, uh, guess fucking what? She broke into our lab and she stole Vision's body from us. and She flew away. She fucked up a lot of people when she did that. So this is why I'm here and I'm not using kid gloves. I'm going to fuck her up. I hate to fucking break it to you, but the sympathy I have for Wanda as a person, that's a really shitty thing to do. (laughs) You know, not to mention the additional information of the violating, excruciating mind control she has an entire town under. She is a fucking threat. And it's a lie. This dude had every reason, but instead he makes fake footage that you find out is fake come episodes like eight, which is exposition episode number two. I'll get to that in a little bit because the big fucking problem that everyone has is like episode five. Episode five ends with Vision and Wanda... In a big fight because Vision's like, stuff's fucking kinky around here and not in the fun way. I'd like an explanation. And she's like, no. And if you want to step, you better bring your A game. And they're about to laser blast each other. Then the doorbell rings and bam, we get fake Pietro, her brother, who's dead. And fake Pietro is Evan Peters, who played Quicksilver in Fox. And of course, the world fucking explodes. (laughs) Absolutely. Like, so the theorists on the internet, right? All these comic book nerds who saw all of this shit, right? They've all read all the stories before and they're seeing where the pieces are coming from. Like, Wanda brings her kids. She creates kids. She has twin babies at episode three. And Tommy and Billy are in the comics. And Tommy and Billy are made by. Mephisto its part of, like, some evil demon bargain with the fucking devil of the Marvel comic book universe, okay? Everyone's like, this guy's Mephisto, this guy's Mephisto. And I'm telling you, I could spoon my fucking eyes out if I have to read the word Mephisto one more time. I promise you. I promise you. But these guys, as soon... And look, I mean, the writing's kind of on the wall, isn't it? You got a movie coming up called... Doctor Strange, and the Multiverse of Madness. And you've got WandaVision and Wanda specifically a reality-warping character, warping reality around her in that movie. If you've seen an IMDb article once, you know she's in the next Doctor Strange movie. So you got that giant fucking flag. Then you got the Fox Universe Quicksilver in the newly recently acquired IP of the X-Men and naturally, every motherfucker's on the planet's like, holy shit we're getting X-Men and it's gonna be WandaVision. It's gonna be a reverse House of M she's gonna say all more mutants and everyone's gonna be a fucking mutant. She's just gonna change people's DNA Well, she only does that to one person and it's really only like a byproduct of Wanda's shenanigans. Monica Rambeau does that to herself. But you see Pietro, and they're doing it. He's like, yeah, you know, I'm Quicksilver. I do Quicksilver stuff. He's got his Quicksilver super speed. He's got, you know, like his memories aren't entirely accurate, which is like, no shit, you know? He's playing a different role. Here's the fucking problem. The show had zero intention of cashing in on that at all. In fact, the recast job is the joke. It said immediately in the episode. Darcy. Because you can't just let something sit. She says, they recast Pietro? Yeah, they did. And that's the joke. Because sitcoms used to recast familiar characters all the fucking time. And nobody would blink an eye at it. So that was it. It was leaning into the sitcom stuff. Not the multiverse of madness. Wanda creates mutants. And the Fox universe is real. Right? But of course... Of course people are still holding on to this shit. Right? Death grip. Kung fu grip for the fucking ages on the idea that the multiverse is happening. Now, I'm sitting here... And this is the first thing I thought they couldn't explain away in a single sentence. Little did I know, come the end of the show, they actually did. (laughs) They recast Pietro? That's it. Yeah, they did the show the show actually thought nothing of it the showrunner said they didn't think anyone would make that connection which is fucking wild cuz she wrote captain marvel and black widow so how how the fuck do you do you know from experience that the internet is like the fucking crazy ass whiteboard in It's always sunny in Philadelphia, right? They string together all these ideas all the time. These guys think the fucking literal devil that has never been introduced or spoken of any way, shape, or form is the reason this stuff is happening, okay? And you're like, oh, they're not going to make a connection about the multiverse and Fox. I just thought it was a fun sitcom joke. Well, then. It wasn't, and the end result was uh, his last name being Boner. Agatha's character in the whole show... Catherine Hahn, what a beast, by the way. Catherine Hahn is a underrated character actor. She's a fucking titan. She's always talking about her husband. Guess what? He's the husband. Just brainwashed, wearing a fun necklace. He does fucking nothing after the last two episodes. And that's, you know, related to the pandemic. So we finally go through this stuff. Wanda's, uh, the vision tries to escape the bubble and he starts disintegrating. So you're like, well, if he's disintegrating, uh, is that because he was put together in parts and he got broken? Or what the fuck's going on here? You don't really know. And then, uh, you know, at the end of episode eight, after the second fucking exposition dump, which admittedly had some moments that actually hooked into the theme. I want to make a point here. I was looking for a show that would examine grief and it kind of does it's got one moment up until that point that truly examines it until they just info dump you because i can't you know watch something and have it resonate with me or let me think about something on screen no i have to be fucking spoon fed like the three-year-old i am she has a conversation with her kids about the family dog dying and that the kids are going to run away from it because the kids are hyper growing at this fucking stage of the game. They can do whatever the hell they want because they're OD powerful and by the way, they are in the comics. Uh, Wiccan and Speed go buck. So she has a speech about the dog and how you can't run away from death and you can't change it. Death is what it is and you're like, fuck me we're going to get there. You're going to, you're going to this, is, this is what I've been waiting for for episodes and then we ignore it for more stupid superhero shit. And I'm, I'm starting to hyperventilate. And then we get into Agatha revealing herself with a catchy song. And they're like, it was Agatha all along. I'm like, for the love of fucking Christ. First and foremost, the article regarding the interview that I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast that came out today. The title of it was, it really wasn't Agatha all along. No shit. Just in case you didn't watch the show and caught the finale... Which is a fucking problem. <laughs> this show, which basically explains to you that um, a little bit of the fault is on Wanda, Agatha's not the total prad. so you've got, Jesus Christ, I'm having an aneurysm from thinking about this because like not only did this show talk to me like I was fucking stupid, but it once again used a really, like a, a, a super cool fucking idea right? Super cool idea of examining a superhero going through the stages of grief. Right? And they didn't do it. And every fucking asshole on the planet's like, yeah, it's there. And it really it's like set dressing. So Agatha shows up and now you've got Hayward on the outside being an asshole and his paperwork bullshit. And then you got Agatha on the inside. And then we do a big exposition dump where you know scarlet witch is the scarlet witch and uh we go through how she knew that she was going to be that but didn't know etc etc and she's and agatha for the record is a uh power parasite she sucks the magic out of other people she kills many a witch in her coven including her mother after they tried to kill her and she's been around forever and she's here to drink Scarlet Witch's powers because she feels that she is irresponsible and is a recluse. She's doing all this super cool shit and she wants to know how and she wants to take all that shit for herself because, I mean, even though it's completely selfishly motivated and she's a fucking power vampire, she accurately states that Wanda is a reckless broad who should not be using the power to destroy the fucking universe. For shits and giggles because the whole warping reality to the degree that she has considering all she basically did was telekinesis and like mind whammying people up until this point that's some OD powerful shit uncut magic to the veins the good stuff they didn't step on any of that shit so you got yourself Oh, a character who's partially correct. Wow. Thanks, Marvel, for doing that for the fucking fifth time. It only took him, like, forever to get to the point where they made villains who had points. But their ideas about going about that shit was really fucking terrible, right? Agatha's not wrong in the sense that Wanda uh, is... She's just doing stuff. And she doesn't even know how she's doing it half the fucking time and that's hella dangerous just ask the entire people of Westview the la- every last one of them is like just fucking kill me already please and then you got like Baron Zemo like you know fuck you guys superheroes are shit you dudes blew up an entire fucking country because of your arrogance and uh, you probably shouldn't be around in the first place oh and by the way your friends are lying to you and uh, one of your friends is protecting his friend who killed your parents later, and then obviously Killmonger, right, where Killmonger's got a, a, a bad way about going about opening borders and expanding nations and all that other shit and being relevant in the world. He's just present in the, we're gonna conquer these motherfuckers, not, uh, you know, first aid and shit. Thanks for finally assembling villains to sort of make a point. And obviously Thanos, right? I mean, Thanos' rationale is like, you know, my planet, starved to death, and the universe is probably doing that too, so, uh, Instead of using the uh, Infinity Gauntlet to make infinite resources, which will make people greedy and fat, I suppose, I'll just kill every living organism in the universe at half capacity. Okay, pal. So you have Hayward on the outside, and he's like, Yeah, I built the fucking vision. Now I'm really pissed off, because the thing I wanted to happen more than anything and it would break my fucking heart considering I spent the majority of the introduction to this podcast talking about how much I love Paul Bettany, I wanted him to stay dead. Is that too much to fucking ask? I wanted him to stay dead because I mean, look, it doesn't happen in comics ever. Very few people in comics stay dead. But, I felt like it would be a change it would be like wow you know you killed a guy and they killed the character arc not the character so although in a rad scene where you know uh vision and new white vision which is a reference to what the 70s the 60s whenever the fuck he was white he's white in like the super nintendo fighting game Is a period of time when he's just white vision Not that he's, like, white supremacist vision. Not like he's a racist. But, like, he's all like cream color. He's just ivory out. So, he... um, He has, like, a ship of Theseus argument with the robot. And then he gives him... All of... Like, what? Shade vision? Hex visions? Memories. So, the white robot guy has all the memories now. He knows exactly who he is. Uh, He knows exactly who... Vision is, and he knows all the people in his life, and he knows what's up. And then he's like, well, I gotta think about this. And he fucking flies off. So obviously he'll come back. Paul Bettany will still have a job. And while great, you know, god damn, fuck you, dude. Just kill somebody, you fucking cowards. And you know they did, because as Vision flies off into the sunset, the only character in the MCU that's fucking dead is Black Widow. They killed every single other motherfucker. And they brought everyone back. They brought back Gamora. They brought back Loki. They brought back Vision. They left Widow rotting on the fucking floor of some rocky hell planet guarded by a red skull. (laughs) Fuck you, Marvel. (laughs) What What is this bullshit? Anyways, let me get back on fucking track. They have a big, stupid laser fight. Because we couldn't have resolved this any other way. So the witches have a big, stupid... They can literally create whatever the fuck they want. Agatha Harkness's bunny is a demon. She made a magical necklace that turned some random fucking actor into a fake Pietro Maximoff. And they're still just going to have laser battles. Then Wanda wins by cock blocking Agatha's magical powers. She then locks her forever, by the way aforementioned horrifying excruciating violation in her fucking sitcom self forever and then releases everybody from the town and uh, says goodbye to her family who aren't real. They all disintegrate. And I mean, admittedly, they have a little touching moment there, too. So we get, like, three scenes. We get, and people like to meme on it, but the conversation that she has in the second exposition dump with fucking Vision on her bed in the Avengers place when she just moved there in the Avengers, whatever. That's important for the theme of grief and building establishing characters. And once again, Tony Stark... Uh, broke up with and got back together with Pepper Potts in between two movies. We saw none of it, so I'll take any of this shit I can get where the characters are actually showing that they care for each other, that they built some kind of building block. Now it's doesn't work in retrospect because if you actually watch the sh- the movies, she's kind of like, eh, all right with him in Civil War, but that's about it. He's making her favorite meal or whatever, so like there's some stuff, but it's she's bitter, and uh, you could you could attribute that to her accidentally killing people and then being locked up in. Uh, s- social <laughs> isolation. Well, not allowed to go anywhere as a prisoner, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, the dog scene where she explains you can't run away from death, and then the end scene where they have a very touching moment where they talk about how, you know, um, they keep saying hello to each other, so it's not goodbye, it's just till we meet again. And then they dissolve into dust. And then she leaves. And the sickening part is. Fucking Monica comes over to her and is like, they'll never know what you sacrificed for them. Bitch! They were tortured for like a week straight! All of her pain and sufferings in their dreams. They were separated from their families. They were locked up. And this is like that, uh... There's a discussion being had in the current run of Captain America... By uh Tanahisi Coates. I think I mispronounced his first name, but he's writing um the Captain America stuff right now. And the question uh that it poses is like Hydra, when they when they did the whole Hydra Captain America thing and they took over the fucking world, they kind of did some shit right and efficiently, and that's hard to deal with. Like ideologically, right? Like they're Nazis. But they, they they gave people jobs and they gave people food and they gave people money and they balanced out stuff. So there's a, there's a conflict there with Cap where he's trying to figure out... They're like, yeah, these guys are all awful and they radicalized a whole bunch of people. But some of the stuff they did actually helped people, which is fucked up to think about. It's a challenging conversation that apparently comics can have, but the fucking MCU can't. So I'm supposed to go and be like, oh yeah, Wanda, you're good. I mean, all you wanted was your family and instead you tortured 45 fucking people. You gave them better jobs, but so what? Like, the city's run down. It's like this backwater shithole in New Jersey, right? They'll never know what you said. Are you fucking kidding me? If I didn't say it before, Monica Rambeau's got superpowers now and they backdoor her into either Marvel, Captain Marvel 2, or uh, Secret Wars. With the end thing, a scroll comes and talks to her. And you're like, okay. And then uh, Wanda steals the dark hold and she's reading stuff and then she hears her kids and she's going to be OD powerful and she's in Doctor Strange next. I fucking cannot express in words the emptiness I felt after watching this finale. There is, like, Darcy disappears for five episodes except, by the way, to explain shit to people... Just like Jimmy Wu, who's there to explain shit to people, and Monica, who explains shit to people, three fucking characters and two entire episodes of exposition. Dear God, Darcy shows up just to run over Hayward. Hayward faked surveillance footage to give himself a reason to. Why did you? Like this is the most mind-boggling thing about this character. He has every justification. Sentient Weapon Observation Something or other. Research Department? I think that's what SWORD is. S W O R D? I think I got that right. It's not sentient world, like in the comics. It's sentient weapon. Shockingly, Wanda is a fucking moving weapon. So he has every jurisdiction to just be there, to find out what's going on. Right? But instead, he comes up. After they find the fucking hex, mind you, he falsifies security footage to show that she stole Vision's body. Like, you need any more justification? What the fuck are you doing, you stupid, stupid character? You're so shit. He's so shit. From top to fucking bottom, every decision this mongoloid makes, this lobotomized rock of a human being, is false fucking terrible and then he gets clown car knocked out like uh the end of Die Hard one what is he getting arrested for exactly i don't know the character's an asshole that's pretty much all they got on him like he he sends a strike i guess i guess like maybe because he didn't care about collateral damage i don't know i cannot fucking come up with a reason why this character existed on this show Because you don't need him to be an antagonist on the outside. Like, even if if you were adamant on doing everything else, the whole Agatha's fucking messing up stuff and she wants to drink your power so we can have a big stupid laser fight at the end, all that shit, if you were adamant on doing just that, Hayward is utterly irrelevant. Because the mystery of the Hex is already enough especially when you punt Monica out. So if you're going to do all that outside the hex bullshit, them having an antagonist is pointless. They don't need any more plot motivation. They all want to find out what the fuck is going on. Vision breaks through the hex and Wanda expands it. So now you're like, shit, there's more stuff going down. Now, he, is he there to, like, steal the fake Vision? Like does he think she made another one so he wants it? He's tracking like vibranium. No, vibranium. Is it vibranium? Yeah, it's vibranium. I almost got my adamantiums and my vibraniums mixed up and I would have had to hand in my nerd card. Like Hayward's satellite tracking vibranium, which means that like everything in the hex is real. And then when you leave the hex, it isn't. Like she's rewriting molecules. So whatever the fuck she rewrote, which is just like the, her memories of him as the mindstone. How the fuck is he made out of vibranium if he's just memories? There's so many stupid little things about that finale that piss me off. Primarily that fucking character. It's overstuffed. And uh, part of the problem with that is that they were supposed to have ten episodes. And then they got pandemic fucked. So they cut it down to nine. And that's why the finale is such a mess. There was supposed to be this whole part where... Um, Pietro and Monica and Darcy fight Agatha's bunny demon to steal the dark hold And they just cut all that shit. Another thing that the pandemic sort of fucked around with, and it goes back to the audience expectation, uh, you'll, you'll imagine how absolutely fucking livid everyone was, by the way, when uh, Pietro is just Mr. Boner, the shitty actor who's a fucking moron. He's there for a dick joke that isn't even funny and never would have landed, ever. This fucking guy does not have any connection to anything. They're pissed. But there was this whole run, like I said, the guys are trying to string stuff together. Monica's like, I know there's a, I got this hookup. They're um, an astrophysicist. They're an en- a space engineer or some shit. And they're going to hook me up with what I need to, like, get into the hex and everyone's like it's Reed Richards it's Reed Richards give me my Fantastic Four this is how we get it we're gonna get the X-Men and the Fantastic Four imagine how fucking stupid some people are I need you to I need you to fucking soak this up okay if the fans had their way in nine episodes where the finale is already overstuffed with garbage two episodes are exposition and it's based around a show within a show that's also an homage to sitcoms. If fans had their way, there would have also been the devil of the Marvel Universe making deals with witches to create them. Agatha Harkness, who is supposed to be in an advisory role, teaching Wanda how to do things. The introduction of the multiverse, thus allowing characters like the Fox X-Men To come into the Marvel Cinematic Universe and do cool shit. And the fucking creamiest of the creamy backdoor entrance to not only the Fantastic Four, but two other television shows. You think the show's stuffed enough as it is without all that shit, you fucking animals? Are you kidding me with that? The, You know how the old expression is, like you shoot uh, shoot for the moon and even if you miss, you'll end up in the stars? These guys were aiming for the fucking surface of the sun. What the hell is going on with the hopes and dreams of that show? I want the literal devil to be part of a show that introduces mutants, the Fantastic Four, and the multiverse. What the fuck? are you talking about so you can imagine as someone who just wanted this show to be a examination of grief without space laser fight i'm four or five on the disappointed scale and these guys are like a negative fucking 20 they are so salty so the aerospace guy that was supposed to be reed richards the writers got shook They didn't want to disappoint the fans. So they just took the character out. Whoever the fuck that was supposed to be, we'll never know. It sure as fuck wasn't Reed Richards. They yanked the character. That's wild. What are you editing the show on the fly for? Because you're worried about what fans are going to say? What the fuck? How is that even possible? How is that even possible? I don't know. It's it's nuts. What I would have preferred the show to have been is an intimate portrayal of superheroes finally having a villain they can't punch to death. Wanda should not have been able to punch away her problems. She created a universe by which she could live in as a sheltered, scared little girl who never got over her trauma. And she's layers and layers of trauma. Her family gets blown the fuck up mid-sitcom watch in the middle of their war-torn country by a missile that doesn't blow up and kill them. Uh, Your parents died in front of you. You have survivor's guilt. Did you go see a therapist? No. Instead you immediately started taking care of yourselves. And then when you became teenagers, you enlisted in an experimental hydra test where every single fucking person who takes the test dies a random weapon from a foreign country dropped on your parents decimates your life your reaction to this is to become a weapon yourself for another foreign country and decimate other lives all they want to do is fuck with Tony Stark that's all they want to do is fucking walk on him And they do for about five minutes until they see their home country get turned inside out by the machinations of an evil James Spader. (laughs) So they flip the script. Now, real talk, we all know that Hawkeye should have died. But instead, Wanda's brother dies. Did Wanda go to therapy for that? No. Wanda then... Joins the Avengers, and in one of the few missions that she's out on her own, tries to save a life and the lives of many civilians, and instead kills a bunch of peacekeepers from Wakanda. She's now killed innocent people. Did she go to therapy for that? No. They lock her ass up. The governments write protocols that say she needs to sign up or never be somebody again. And then she's broken out of prison to then get arrested again and then she's broken out again and the only people that give a shit about her are her robot butler and the guys that broke her out problem does she get therapy she doesn't have time she's always on the run and then in a gigantic war the only way to save the universe half the life in existence is to kill the person she loves. And she does it. And then she watches as the person who was supposed to fucking get screwed over by that sacrifice walk that shit back gut her man like a fish and then turn her to ash. The first thing she does... And I'm assuming this is literally like what? Maybe a week? This show doesn't really give you a good time frame of what happens. But she's turned to Ash. And then she wakes up in fucking Wakanda. And her man's body is gone. And the first place she goes is... I need to find my man's body. Where the fuck is Vision? And then she finds him dead. She can't feel him. Because they have like that magical Mind Stone connection. And then she... Through her grief creates a universe by which she can live in this sheltered existence. The one thing that ever actually made her fucking happy watching sitcoms with her mother and her father and her brother, who are all dead. Everyone she's ever loved is dead. And they're like, let's make this a punch out right at the end. Just right at the end. I think they'd be really cathartic if she just punched a bunch of people. She's torturing 45 fucking people. The entire town is mind-fucked, frozen in either a state of perpetual motion or tortured by nightmares whenever they're allowed to sleep and meet puppets during the day, begging to be killed or freed or just to see their children once. Wanda should have been the bad guy the whole show, and then the tasty little morsel After the entire fucking town is like, please just kill us, let us go, do something. And she finally lets him go. She sacrifices her family. She once again does not get therapy. The show lets her have it. You don't understand how fucking aggravating it is to hear the character who made grief her truth. Say, they'll never understand your sacrifice. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) While all these people are mean mugging her in the back, she tortured this town for a week. The character who lets her off scot-free said it was a violation. What in the fuck is going on here? I would have preferred all the outside stuff. Get rid of it. You can have Monica. If you want to do the outside stuff, like... But still introduce Monica. She could still be in the town, and she could still be a person that was sent in, and then just do it at the end, right? You could have. The, I don't. None of that outside stuff fucking mattered, other than from a plot perspective, to create Monica and her new super fucking cool power spectrum. She's fucking broken and awesome. That character is gonna slap, and to give Vision a new body. Yeah, that's it. I swear to fuck. I thought I was gonna. I knew it. I smelt it a mile away. I'm like, this shit's gonna be like Wally. It's gonna be Vision, but he's not gonna have the memories. And they like, like that second when he gets squished and they fly him back to his junk planet and Eva, who's all in love with him now, like reassembles him and he doesn't remember anything until they play their song. It's fucking tragic. That movie absolutely cut me deep. The end of that movie. I man, my friend. Made fun of me for fucking months after getting weepy at that shit. That and then into the end credits where everybody's like becoming something. Man, that movie's fucking great. Wally's hype. Top five Pixar movie all time. Don't at me. But I mean, this is fiction, motherfuckers. We can do whatever we want. We can write this show however we want. I would write it. So that vision, all that vision inspector shit, he's the one that figures out what's going on. If you want to have Monica in here uh, and give her her superpowers, we can do that. We can figure out a way to do that. If you're going to do the Agatha Harkness thing, don't end it in a fucking laser fight. They both control matter. They can create whatever the fuck they want. They're witches. I mean, admittedly, Scarlet is a little bit more powerful than generic old Agatha, but Agatha is, you know, she can swing. Space lasers. Jesus fucking Christ. So the moral of the story. (laughs) Disney loves using themes that are challenging a set dressing. They love paying lip service, right? Is this show about grief? Kind of. It sort of bookends itself, right? You get the, the initial thought, the second exposition episode, which, I mean, look, as much as it is expository. You got it at the end, right? In that episode where she goes to the house and then she makes the hex. You get it at the end. You get that, like, life is shit. And she's just so happy and she just won't let it go. But act this right in the sense that she is an overpowered fucking lunatic who doesn't know what she's doing. Like, even that lessons like, let's let her go. Like, if if Hayward ever had any actual legs to stand on, it's this woman who, Created a fucking universe all to herself. And she did it by accident on some reflex shit. And she's really powerful. And they don't even know all that, like, prophecy apocalypse shit. Maybe, maybe we should take you in and, like, give you time to train, figure something out. I mean, there's no way you're stopping that girl, right? You can't lock her up, you got to work with her. Awful. I just fuck me. This show could have been so much more rad. Now, to be fair, let's just let's just not be a complete piece of shit because I'm dwelling on expectation. I was hoping that this show would be a meaningful examination of grief where the end result was heroes didn't have something that they could punch to solve their problems with. And I didn't get it. But that being said, the sitcom stuff while it didn't initially hook me, is still pretty. When they get into the more modern stuff that I'm, like, more top-of-mind familiar with, the Malcolm in the Middles and the modern family shit, that all that stuff slaps. All those jokes land. It's good. Once again, for the love of God, Paul Bettany, Elizabeth Olsen, magnetic, charismatic as fuck, right? Like, the show, for all of it, is, like, middling in the, like... Extra characters that are useless and uh, a stuffed, clunky-ass finale. It still had two charismatic-as-fuck leads that could carry a scene at any given moment. Super fun to watch them work. Catherine Hahn slaps. Unfortunately, I don't remember the name of the actress who played Monica, but she's going to be fucking cool, too. So there's like, did I hate watching the show? No. You could say... I'm grieving the loss of a show I never had, but really wished I did. It's my own mind vision, my own hex vision, the Wanda vision I could have had. I didn't get it. And I'm starting to see that shit with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And while I'm having a fucking blast right now with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, topical content, you know, like loaded themes, all that shit still could be set dressing. They got three more episodes left to cash this shit in. It's a lot. They set up a lot. So, you know, in a a few weeks, we'll get into that. Just like we got into this. And just like we'll get into some other shit next week. Thank you all very much for listening. We got to the end of another banger. I don't even know how long this was. It felt like forever. I feel like I got my points across. I got to excise my soul. We're moving on, you know? We we hit acceptance. I think we got through all seven stages of grief. Except Hayward, man. Fuck that character. In any case, folks, be safe. Have yourselves a good week, day, night, wherever the fuck this podcast catches you. Holla at you later.